best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Presented by IBEW Local Union 43. By Hobby Hill Farms and by Pathfinder Bank. Bouncing puck right off the draw. Boucher point blank. His shot. He scores! Welcome back, Boucher. Goldobin drifting in back to Boucher from a tight angle. His shot. It might have been in. They score. Yes, it's in. Boucher with a takeaway. Boucher towards the empty net. Scores! Reed Boucher with a hat trick in his first game back after missing five due to injury. It's his fourth career hat trick. And Boucher puts the Comets up five. To two, lucky number 13 on the season. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. Let's see, since we last talked, a loss in overtime, described by a few as sloppy against Binghamton. 6 4 loss in Laval, and then a 4 2 win on Saturday against Laval. Did I pronounce it right? It's your hometown. Yes, it is. I Did Laval. I do it? Yeah. Laval. Laval, yeah. Laval. So it is l- like Laval, Bundy, Rocket. Exactly as somebody told you to practice it. Uh, uh, tell you the story, basically that's how I was taught to properly pronounce it. So I'm just going to come right out and ask you, is it Perrin or Perron? I mean, most of the peop- most of people say Perron. But, I mean, back home in French, it's not it's not even close to that. It's Perron because you pronounce the R. Perron. What, yeah. what should we say? I think Perron is fine, but I don't. I don't really mind it, to be honest. I'm going to keep it somewhere in that ballpark, the best <laughs> that I can. I don't want to insult Sounds you. Sounds good. Francis Perron is with us today on Utica Comets Insider. My name is Rain. Scoop is here. You had a homecoming weekend. Let's just start there. Aside from hockey, you had to buy a lot of tickets for family and friends, or secure a lot of tickets for family and friends over the weekend. Yeah. I and did. then after an injury, just getting back into the lineup, you come right out. You score the first goal, which I predicted, by the way. I did. Come on. No, yep, you did. You did. Thank you very much. Uh, they've been jokingly calling me Nostradamus. I'm going to try to predict the first goal score for the Comets for every game for the rest of the season, and I'll be wrong 95% of the time. <laughs> but just your general takeaways as a, as a person, having family and, and playing and, in, in your hometown, you don't get to get back there that often, especially earlier in your career. Previously out west, you couldn't make that trip. Exactly. It just wasn't on the schedule. No, it was, it was really fun to, you know, to, I don't know, just to see all my family and friends. And know that they're there at the games, and you know, like you said, to score the first goal was was really nice. It was a great feeling to get that one out of the way. So no, it was. I had a lot of fun. I had some time. You know, we got there on Thursday. I went out for dinner with my family and friends. So yeah, it was it was uh, it was really really nice for me. So uh, Vinny Arsenal, also from that area, did did, did you guys uh, the families mingle, meet everybody? Uh? <clears throat> Not really. Uh, Vinny is a l- lives a little further, so okay. Uh, I know his family was there, so uh, he, he had time with them as well, and uh, as, as well as Breezebois. Uh Breezer has some family went out for dinner on Thursday as well. So no, it's it's fun. It's always fun when you get to play in your own town and to see uh, family and friends because during the season you don't get to see them often. So yeah, it's always nice. Francis Perone with us here in Utica Comets Insider. It's good to have you. I'm finally, uh, finally glad that we get a chance to meet. I'm glad you're back in the lineup. Your overall production from the beginning of the season to now, you're, you're putting up some points, and you've really been a big contributor. It's now the third-leading scorer on the Comets, right? That's right. And we, I mean, we knew of you, but now getting to see your game in person, you, you snuck up on us at first, and we're like, whoa, this this guy can play some hockey. I don't know if you felt the same way, but we've had this discussion on pregame. We're like, 
Francis Perron is really putting up a lot of points and really contributing to this team. It's a great group of guys, though. Carter said that. Uh, team is fourth in the division overall, 12th overall in the 31-team league, 11-7, 1-0 with 23 points right now, two behind Laval, and Toronto is in first with 29 points. The point being, we asked Carter this last week, the team's sitting in a good place right now because it's it's deep. Yeah. It's not just you. There's a lot of guys contributing. Talk about the overall chemistry of the team. I mean, it's we have an old group, which is really nice. Uh, a lot of good leaders on that team. Uh, so, you know, for, for the new guys that comes in, you know, it's really easy for them to, you know, get in the team and get comfortable. So I think that's that part is really huge for us. And, you know, like you said, we, we have a lot of that. Like right now we have a couple guys up top because they have some injuries. We have some injured players on our team as well. Yeah. And, you know, we're still battling. It's been a little tough lately. But, you know, we're still in the games and we're we're still there and we're still getting some points as well. Getting Carter Camper back in jo- uh, Jonah Gadjevich recently, speaking of injuries, has helped the team last scoop, I'm sorry. How does it feel to you uh, as uh, a winger in the middle now, having done it a while? Is it like getting to be second nature maybe a little bit? I mean, it's, it's not something you've always done. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't. Even, I don't really have any problem with that. You know, I used to play center uh, back in junior a little bit, so um, you know, I'm a little used to the, the position. Uh, but you know, it's always tough to you know switch from right to left to middle. Uh, but you know, I have a great relationship with our coach, and uh, you know, he's talking to me a lot, and he's asking me how I feel about it. And you know, right now we we have some injuries, and we need we need some guys to jump and take the spot in the middle. So, I mean, I'm getting com- I'm more comfortable as, as it goes. You know, I'm, I've been playing some games there now. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you know, right now we're just battling through injuries, guys going on top. So, I mean, that's, that's how it is. Like, we, we need some guys to step up and uh, fill, fill the holes in the lineup. And this is a process, too, with you learning your teammates and the different guys that are going to be on either side of you. Yeah, I mean, for sure it's... When you get to a new team, you, you need to find some guys that you get chemistry with, and uh, it's always uh, a process. But, you know, I've been playing with some different guys uh, during the beginning of the year, and, you know, I feel comfortable with uh, almost everyone right now. I mean, we, I get to know everyone. I know how they play. And, uh, I mean, if, if we're playing in our system, I mean, I can play with anyone. I'm curious, is it because, you, because of the juggling of lines and dealing with injuries and, and roster call-ups and things like that, who are a couple of guys, though, at the very beginning of the season, even after training camp when you get down there, maybe in, the, in that first five to eight games where the team was just winning and winning and winning, who did you develop that quick chemistry with? Who, who was easy for you to just, to just gel with immediately? Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of tough to say. Uh, I started the year, I was actually playing in the middle at first with uh, McEwen and Bailey. Yeah. Uh, I actually like that, you know, two big bodies that can skate really well. Yeah, a lot of speed. Uh, so, you know, that gave me a lot of space. You know, down low, they were battling hard for pucks, and we were getting some ozone time because of that. Uh, and then after that, I started to play with uh, Carter Banks, uh, which I really liked. You know, it, you know what to expect from him. You know where he's going to be. You know he's going to be hard on pucks and win some battles. And, you know, right there again, I got a lot of space and time with the puck because of that. Uh, I played with Vinny Arsenault as well, uh, with Banksy, and that line was really good for us for a couple games. So I've yeah, seen a lot of different guys on my line, but 
I, like I said, I feel pretty comfortable with everyone. Even after, so the month of October, what you didn't lose, and then the calendar flipped to November, and then there's been you know ups and downs, a, yeah. a roller coaster. But Scoop and I have discussed this right here on Insider, and even during pregames leading into the games, that the fourth line sustained the team for a while. It seemed like you know the guys that you just brought up, the guys that get dirty in the corners and get a little greasy and play that heavy game that. That compete level that's 110% that Carter always talks about. Yeah. I, I've noticed that. I, I don't know if, I think that that's what brought you guys through. Yeah, I mean, it's always huge, you know, when you have a fourth line that can play and give us some, like, huge minutes. And, you know, right now, our fourth line has been consistent. Uh, you know, they're working really hard. They're getting some O's on time. And, you know, for, for another team, when you play against a fourth line and you spend the whole shift in your zone, it's really frustrating. And it, gives the other team momentum so I mean they've been huge for us and you know like you said like the current compete level is always really high and you know that's how you're, you're going to win games you know it, it doesn't get any easier you've got Syracuse on Wednesday in a Galaxy Cup matchup they're just a point behind the Comets right now and then you got two games with Toronto over the weekend leading the North Division and those are day games it's a little uh probably getting used to in terms of your body clock and what have you welcome to thanksgiving week right <laughs> and the hockey schedule oh yeah but i mean uh will you guys do anything will there be a team thanksgiving how will you celebrate that uh, the day after the syracuse um i think we actually have a team dinner uh at the uh, bachman's place okay. on thursday so mm-hmm. yeah we do have someone planned uh, something planned sorry uh, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a huge week for us. You know, uh, we have a really strong division this year. Every team is really, really good. Uh, so, you know, we're we're having some good practices this week. We're getting ready for that. And, you know, when, every time you play a team in your division, it's really, really two, two important points. So we're, we're going to be ready for that. Francis Perrone is with us. It's Utica Comments Insider. We're at the 72 Tavern on 94.9 K-Rock. They're serving you sports. Uh, the Vancouver game is actually on, I counted three of the different TVs. There are numerous here. And the big screen, which will have Monday Night Football behind us. Grab a bite to eat. There's people just filtering throughout the hour that we're here. Francis Perron be with us for quite a bit longer. But we brought up Thanksgiving a little bit, and the team went to the rescue mission. Handed out turkeys and meals for Thanksgiving. And uh, what are your takeaways from that? That's something this team does every year. Most most hockey teams in their communities do something like that. Yeah. But your first experience with the Comets, how did it go? I mean, it was really fun. You know, it's always nice to give back. And, uh, you know, we we know how, how lucky we are to, to be playing hockey. And, you know, that's our, our day job now. And, you know, winning some money from, from that. So it's always nice to see those people that need some help and, you know, be there for them and talk, have a little chat with them. Uh, you know, you see so many smiles on their faces. So... I mean that's all. That's that's what it's all about, you know. So it was it was a really good time for us. Uh, we've seen a lot of people, shook some hands, and you know, take some pictures. So it was a really, really, really fun uh, afternoon today. It means a lot to this community that you guys do that. So nothing but respect. Growing up as a young hockey player, I think somebody told me you were a Canadians fan. I would assume so. I have no idea why. Given the <laughs> geography, but who were some of the players that you emulated, looked up to, that were your heroes? As a young hockey player, um, when I was young, my idol was Alex Kovalev, so that's why I'm still wearing number 27 right now. So he yeah, was a- he was the one that was looking up to. You know, he was so skilled, and 
you know, he was finding ways to, to get through people with his hands. So Loved him on the Rangers, too. Yeah, I mean, he was really fun to watch. And then, you know, growing up, uh, I love to watch Patrick Kane. You know, he's just, I mean, he does it all. You know, with the puck, he's just so dangerous uh, everywhere on the ice. So, yeah, I would say that those two guys are the one I'm looking up to. Take us back to 2014 when you were drafted in the seventh round, 190th overall by Ottawa, by the Senators. Yeah. Can you recount that day for us, other than the obvious yes that you must have felt? <laughs> uh, actually, that day was kind of tough for me. Uh, I was ranked in the third round, so it was a really long day. Ooh, uh, yeah, and you had to wait. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, when we got to the, se- the seventh round, I wasn't sure if, if I was going to get drafted or not. So, I mean, it was... Was it, it was just really, relief at that yeah, point? that's what it was, uh, to be honest. You know, it was just... I was just hoping to hear my name anywhere uh, at any time. So, you know, it was it was a good feeling, but like I said, it was a, it was a tough day mentally. Uh, but you know what? When I... After I got drafted, I knew it didn't matter seventh or third or second round. You know, when you get to the camp, it's all, all that happens on the ice that will, you know, decide if you, you play or not. So it was tough, a tough day, but then after that, I just forgot about it. And then you went out and played in San Jose for a little while. Yeah. Which means my, my cousin, Sean, probably watched you a lot when you were out there. He's also a Sharks. He's, I've told you about my cousin, right, Sean, right. before. So he, he got to see you play a little bit. 18, 29, 47, 63 games, and then uh, you were an all-star. You split the accuracy shooting title with Reed Boucher. How about that? How much smack gets talked in the locker room or during <laughs> practice or morning skates or bus rides or dinner? Or maybe you can bring that up and make it awkward on Thanksgiving at Bacher's house. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't really talk about that, but, uh, you know, it was, it was really fun. You know, last year, I mean, I, did, I didn't know him. Uh, I knew he was a great shooter, and then, you know, that happened. So I got when I got traded here, I, I thought it was a little funny. So uh, we didn't really talk about it, but, you know, it's fun to, to have two guys that can shoot the puck really well in the For team. For sure. Yeah. Do you have uh, do other guys ever bring it up, or it's just kind of it's uh, history now? Yeah, so. not really. We, we haven't really talked about it, but, uh, yeah, you, you're right. I should I should bring it up at one point. <laughs> I didn't see one. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe a beverage after a game, you discuss that or something. Like maybe uh, you work something out in practice, and if you got an off day the next day. Yeah, that's something I have to think about. It's, it's not a bad idea. Uh, just tell us about your time with Ottawa and then your time out in San Jose for a little while. Some some memories. Like if I say Ottawa, first thing that pops into your mind. Or or playing with, uh, was it Belleville at the time? The Binghamton Senators at the yeah, time. I'm I, sorry. Uh, or then, you know, your time in San Jose. Yeah, I mean, I played Binghamton my first year and then the team moved to Belleville. So I played them both. Okay. Um, those two years were, you know, it was, it was kind of tough. It's always tough to, you know, come from junior and then get to pro. Uh, so it, you know, it was a lot of time, lots of learning. Uh, we had we had some struggles uh, back there. You know, uh, we we didn't make the playoffs both years, so it was it was a lot of tough times. And then I got injured my second year, missed three months and a half as well. So you know, it wasn't really easy. So um, I mean, didn't get along really well with with uh, the organization as well. So I got traded to San Jose, which uh, made me really happy. Uh, and when I got there, you know, it was really nice. You know, they gave me a shot right away. Uh, I was playing on the first two lines right off the bat. And, you know, I was, you know, I started to produce, which was huge for me for my career. 
And, you know, and San Jose last year was, was a great year. We had a great group of guys, a young, really young group, the youngest on the, on the league, in the league, I think. And, uh, you know, we had a great year. You know, we didn't, didn't get through the first round in the playoffs. But as a young group, we achieved a lot. And, you know, for me, for my career, it was really important to have a good year. And the trade this summer was not expected at all. You know, I was, you know, I had a great relationship with the, with the Sharks organization. And, you know, it happened. It's out of my control, so there's nothing you can do about it. And then I was just excited to get here and get to know some new faces. And I knew we we were going to have a really good team. So it's always exciting when you know you're going to be on a really good team. Yeah, you assume full health within this organization from top to bottom. Yeah. Man, it, it is stacked. we got to take our first break. We're going to come back. Scoop will bring us back. Utica Comets Insider at the 72 Tavern and Grill with 94.9 K-Rock. <laughs> Back to Rain Man and Scoop on Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. IBEW Local Union 43, Hobby Hill Farms, and Pathfinder Bank. Live inside the 72 Tavern and Grill just next to the Adirondack Bank Center. And they have done the place up with the Christmas lights. It is very festive in here. I, I think I first saw the pictures yesterday. People shared them on Twitter and elsewhere, Facebook, because they had a big party in here yesterday for, for uh, the soccer team, for the yeah. UCFC, but it absolutely looks beautiful in here, and we are with Francis Perron. Perron? Uh, We're I'm, trying. I'm, I'm going to learn it one way or the that other. That was good. That was good. I, I was, I'm a full disclosure. I don't even care. <laughs> for about an hour before we came over here from the radio station, I, he'll tell you, I'm walking around the building going, Perron. Heron, trying to not mess up the pronunciation. We didn't want to insult you. So I'm glad we got it somewhat close. Yeah, once again, thanks for joining us. Where else have you gotten out to besides the 72? You said, I'm not going to disclose where you live in the area, but maybe some places, uh, some of the guys that have been here, maybe Carter, uh, the captain, or some of the vets that know Utica, because obviously you're new to this area. Where have they taken you out to lunch? What places have you uh, gone to the movies? Have you? Yeah, I mean, I've gone to the movies. Uh, I went to the, the place called Acovino, yeah, uh, which right. is really nice. Uh, but to be honest, I don't really go out a lot. I like to cook as, uh, at home. Uh, so I mostly eat uh, at home most of the time, yeah. So you cook? Yeah. There's a, really there's like a few cook. guys that don't do that. Yeah. No, no. There's a lot of guys that, you know, just go out to the restaurants almost every night. But, you know, I'm... I like to stay home and, you know, take a little time to cook a good dinner and, you know, try to stay healthy as much as I can. Is, you, that, is that because you enjoy it and you love cooking? Is it because it's easier to create a healthy meal? Is it all of those things? No, I think I just I just like it, you know. Uh, I go to the grocery store after practice and when I see something that looks, you know, I feel like I'm, I want to eat tonight. I, I also live with uh, Brisebois, so... Uh, I cook for him as well, and you know I just pick something up and then. Your best roommate ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's doing the dishes, so it's, that works. That works. That works. There we go. There it's we fine, go. just like that. So you know, when I see something, I'm I'm taking the time, taking me like maybe an hour a night to cook something, and then you know it just feels good. It just feels good to be to eat at home and some homemade food. What is uh, Mikey DiPietro? Is Nani? Nan? His Nani. His Nani. Have you had his Nani sauce yet? Apparently, she sent him like a case of homemade sauce. I didn't know if he shared that. He said he was going to share it with some of the guys. 
when we interviewed him not too long ago. Didn't do that to me. Okay, well. So, you, I mean, I'm going to talk to him about that tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think I you need to. try that. Yeah, I think you need to. Oh, Apparently, yeah. there's a secret sauce that she makes that's fantastic, and I'm curious because I want to know if that's any good. I mean, there's a lot of really good Italian food in the Utica He's area. He's going to hear about that. It's known for it. All right. So he's also, uh, we got to ask Joe, Joe Roberts about, he was in he was in the car getting coffee with Joe Roberts, so okay. that's what's called a tease in radio. We'll talk to him about that in a few minutes. Francis Perone with us, Utica Comets Insider at the 72 Tavern and Grill, where they're serving you sports. So let's go back and just kind of take a look at the game on Wednesday against Binghamton. It was an overtime game, lost 5-4. A lot of guys, including Coach Call afterwards, described play as sloppy, and there were some things to clean up. I think everybody agreed with that. So how did the team address that moving forward? Because the performance was much crisper, even heading into Friday, even losing that game, and especially on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but what did you guys specifically, did you go, we were sloppy, we got to fix this, or did guys know? I mean... you got to address those things, I assume. Or is it just yeah. some nights you're just not yeah. very good, some nights? And... Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. You know, there's nights nice that it's not flicking at all, and, you know, yeah. the back puck is bouncing everywhere, and, you know, the execution is not there. Um, but, you know, we were taking some really bad decisions with the puck. You know, we turned the puck over way too, like, way too often against Bingo, and, you know, they were, they were scoring when we were turning the puck over. So uh, we basically gave, a, gave them the game, to be honest, because we were giving them the puck and j- dangerous areas and they were getting really good chances off of that so I mean we we did address that as a team uh, I mean we had a really good meeting about that and you know it's we're not going to win games if we turn puck overs like that so I mean we, I think we picked up and during the weekend especially on, on the Saturday game uh, I think you know we, we lost Hamilton the first shift and then we lost Vinny Arsenal later on yeah. in the game uh, even Sots Sotner was a little banged up after a, a block shot. Yeah, so yeah. We battled through and, you know. Stayed we, in the game, though. We, we, tried, we were trying to keep it simple. And, you know, sometimes that's what it takes to win games in that league. Absolutely. The, pen, the power play is the other thing I wanted to bring up. Because something we discussed on pregame on Saturday is how it is. it was really struggling for a while. And it has incrementally gotten better and better and better and better and better. And you're starting to really see the fruits of labor and practice and just working on that as a yeah. team it's it's also something in post game i've heard coach call and and a lot of the guys addressing uh but what wasn't clicking before that's starting to click now is it just certain guys matching up is it the switching of lines just staying within your systems or just, just working at it to get better and luck yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, sometimes so it's like, just the bounce has got to go yeah, your way sometimes for sure. that, that's what it is but you know, I feel like even though we were not may- like maybe producing as much uh, back then, I think we were getting some good looks. But you know, I, I think lately we're we're really we're more we're more hungry. You know, rebounds we're getting on the puck. We don't have to go back in our zone to break break in again. And I think that's that's really huge. You know, getting some second chances off a rebound or third chance. So I think lately, you know, we. We didn't change anything on the power play. Like, yes, like players are going to move around a little bit, but systems stay the same. Sure. I think I just think that we just kept going at it, and as far I mean, as far as our unit this weekend was really good. The second unit produced a lot, yeah. especially in the first game. So you know, it's always nice because you know our first unit is unbelievable. You have Gold Oben on one side, you have Boucher on the other side. You know, it's it's a pretty good unit. It's and real good, yeah. So, so if if the second unit can start to produce as well. I mean, it's going to be really tough for the teams to adjust. So far in your hockey career, any level, what would you list as 
your favorite moments, favorite memories, some standout uh, moment in a game? Would it be the AHL All-Star game? Um, <clears throat> I mean, the AHL All-Star was really fun. But I wouldn't say it was the best, my best moment. I mean, my last junior year uh, with the Eskies, we, we won our league. Uh, we won the, the President Cup, and we lost uh, in overtime in the finals against Ole Ulevi and the London Knights. And I would say that year was just, I mean, the whole year was just, that's, that's the best moment of my career. We had such an amazing group of guys, and, you know, we, we went through everything. We won our league. It was just, I don't know, it was just great to, to win something with that group of guys, you know, because in junior you grow up with the same guys, you know, you get drafted there, and then there's not a lot of trades as much as when you're right. turning pro. So, like, I, I won... I won a cup with some guys that I played with for three years, which is really nice. And I think that, you know, when we, we finally won the President Cup, I think that's probably the best moment that I had. Talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you'll have that forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, Don't, exactly. You know, I, like Connor McDavid had a nice little run with the Erie Otters, you know, and those guys are still all tight, even though they're dispersed all over hockey now. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's going to be special to those guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. It is. Last year... They're, the goaltending situation, I don't know if the, anybody has told you about it. Michael Layton, for example, ended up being the starting goalie for this team. Thatcher got a call. There were injuries. It was it was crazy. Mikey DiPietro got his NHL, yeah. his NHL debut because of all of that situation. Mm-hmm. But then you get here to this year, you've got Mikey DiPietro, who's a very good young goaltender. You've got Zane, who is a veteran, a, just a pro's pro, a solid yeah. goaltender. And then you got somebody in Richard Bachman, who you're going to Thanksgiving dinner with, who is also the consummate professional and a great teammate. It's it's a three-headed monster, but I think it's a pretty unique goaltending situation here. There's there's three guys. In, 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 even if circumstances dictate it, Bacher hasn't gotten into a game yet, but he could at any minute. Mm-hmm. And you've got those three guys at the back of this team yeah. protecting that goal. Not every team has that luxury. No, no. And I and I think uh, just appreciate your goalies for us a little bit, and uh, kind of talk about each one of them quick. I mean, it's like as a team, it's so important to have a goalie that you trust. You know, back there. Yeah. You know, mistakes are going to happen, but when you have a goalie that you can count on to make some huge saves in the right moment, I think right now we have three goalies that can do that. So. I mean, I'm sure it's not always easy for Baki because he wants to play, obviously. Of course. Um, but, you know, right now we have two good goalies that are playing well. Uh, Mikey is, I mean, it's really impressive what he's doing right now as a young goalie. Uh, when you get into that league, it's really tough for a goalie, you know, to, you know, most of the goalies are going to go in the East Coast a little bit and, you know, they're going to struggle a little bit. But right now, I mean, he's showing a lot of confidence. He's moving well in the net. He's... I mean, he's really strong mentally, and, you know, he, he's, he looks to me, like when you see him at the rink, he looks like a pro already, and that, that's huge for us. I mean, it gives, gives us a lot of confidence, and then you have Zane that has been really, really, really good for us. I mean, even the, the first eight games, you know, we won some games like 7-1 to one or 8-2 to two or whatever, yeah. high scores, but there was one point in those games that it was a tight game. And they made some key saves. Zane made some key saves in those moments. And then after that, we... You broke it open. We broke, we broke it open. But, you know, I mean, he's, they're just 
all three of them, they're goalies that can make key saves in the right moment. And for a team, is, I mean, it's, that's, all you have, you, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, it really is a nice luxury to have. So it's Francis Perron, nice enough to join us today on Utica Comets Insider. Thanks for giving up a half an hour. of. Did you make dinner yet, or are you going home to do that? No, I ate dinner already. Okay, because so, I would say I don't want Guillaume to be home waiting for <laughs> dinner. Breezy's at home going, looking at his watch. <laughs> you better, if you're listening, you better have done the dishes by the time Francis gets back. Thanks so much, man. We really My appreciate pleasure. the time. This is uh, from the 72 Tavern and Grill Utica Comets Insider with 94.9 K-Rock. We'll have the voice, Joe Roberts, on next. Let's do that hockey. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider grind line with Rain Man the Rocket, Scoop the Cement Head, and play-by-play voice Joe Cujo Roberts. Serving you sports at the 72 Tavern and Grill. Thanks so much to Francis Perron for joining us for the last two segments. If you missed any of it, I think you covered where you can find the podcast already, but we'll do it again. I did not, actually. It's Apple, Google, SoundCloud. We'll have tweeted the links to it at KROCKCNY. Of course, Facebook, you'll find them there as well. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram within the stories. It'll all be out there. The comments are always nice enough to retweet that as well. And uh, we'll brag about it on the radio for the next few days, reminding you where to find that link. This is where we do bring in the voice of the Utica Comets, Joe Roberts. But before we do that, we thought we would take you back through the win on Saturday. Uh, Goal Dobin is his new nickname after that hat trick. And you heard the hat trick prior to that in, in the open of the broadcast tonight with Reed Boucher's. You don't see him that often, but we've seen two real close all of a sudden. So that's a good thing. Guys are really stepping up. So we've got a highlight montage, including some saves and a fight with Dyson Stevenson from Saturday in Joe Roberts' voice, and then he'll back us up on the phone right after that. So let's hit it. That Mikey DiPietro keeps this game scoreless with a huge save, and now the gloves are down. Stevenson and Michael Pizzetta as they drift to center ice. Stevenson grabs with the left. Pizzetta misses with the right. Oh, Stevenson levels Pizzetta with three or four and takes him down. Dyson Stevenson just punished Michael Pizzetta at center ice for all to see. We'll take a breather. Huge save by DiPietro and a toe-to-toe fistfight at center ice shortly thereafter. Carries up the right side. Looks in front. It's kicked in. They score. Jonah Gadjevich driving to the goal. Gadjevich had a stick tied up, but it went off his skate and in. No kicking motion. And Gadjevich scores in his second straight game since returning from injury. Hitting the brakes. Spinning with it. Lynn to an open camper. Looking back to goal. Dobin walks it in and scores. Time for T. He was able to put it in over the goal line with plenty of time to spare. A brilliant feed by Camper, who has another assist, and Goldobin just walked it over the line. Look out here. Here's an opportunity for the Rocket to carry in left side toe drag, driving to the net. Barber, oh, right pad, save Di Pietro. He stuck with it all the while and absolutely denied Barber with an incredible stretching right pad save. What a stop by Mikey Di Pietro, his finest of the game, no doubt. Right side, Goldobin on a drop feed back to Boucher. High slot, Elliott. His shot through traffic. Save made. Rebound scores! Nikolai Goldobin from an impossible 
impossible angle with a putback strike, and the Comets go ahead 3-2. And the rebound goes to Brook in front. Big safety, Pietro stabbed at and stopped. Covered with 139 to go here in the third. 41 shots on net for the Laval Rocket, and Mikey DiPietro has turned aside 39 of them. Evans at center ice for Laval. Threw it away. Bailey with a steal. Bailey forward. Goldobin to the blue line. Looking up. He shoots. He scores. It's a hat trick for Nikolai Goldobin. He seals this one with an empty net tally. 4-2 Utica. Mikey would wind up with 41 saves out of 43 shots on goal. Just an outstanding performance. And, uh, you know, a barrage that he withstood toward the end of that game before we got the empty netter, which would mean the hat trick for Goldobin. So it really standing on his head, and uh, just a great job from Mikey DiPietro. We heard it. Joe Roberts' voice delivered it. He was our eyes in Lavelle. What are your takeaways from Mikey DiPietro's performance on Saturday, Joe? Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. And, and what he got that had sort of been missing uh, in front of the goaltending performances as of late was four goals. Um, you know, when you when you score like that, uh, you're going to like the way things are going to go. Of course, one of them was an empty netter, and it was effectively, uh, you know, one-goal game down the stretch. But I must say, there was something about that game that felt very playoffy. I don't know what it was. It might have been the environment in Laval. It, it might have been a number of things. Game second night in a row against the same opponent, so familiarity. Um, something about that game felt like a really good test, um, and to get one of those uh, this early in the season, uh, and to to show that you can come out on the other side of that. Really, a split there is not a terrible, uh, not a terrible result. So uh, I like the way that uh, the team went in and grabbed a, a couple points at the very least, and uh, I think it, it was a pretty decent road trip. Yeah, and, and it doesn't get any easier, uh, Joe. I mean, because I mentioned this to Francis. Uh, you've got Syracuse on Wednesday, and then you've got a weekend trip to Toronto, the number one team in the north. And add to that, you know, Carter Banks takes a high stick Friday night, and Ashton Sautner takes a shot to the face on Saturday, a little scary. Uh, didn't didn't miss a shift though. Carter didn't miss one either on Friday night. I love that toughness. We talked about it on but, pregame though. Sometimes it's the next day. But I'm I'm a, I'm a little concerned about those guys. Vincent Arsenault, of course, uh, and uh, I, I'm I'm spacing. There's somebody else somebody else uh, who who got hurt uh, on Saturday that I am uh, not calling to mind. But with, with all that, you know, it's a, it's a big weekend against. Your rivals here in the division, and, and you're going to perform. And thankfully, you just got a few games ago Francis Perone back. You just got Jonah Gadjevich back. You just got Carter Camper back. So if it's not one one guy going out, it's another guy coming in. Wasey Hamilton's the other guy who got hurt. Wasey Hamilton is the other Saturday. one. Uh, talk about that, the, the injuries, people getting healthy, people getting hurt, Joe. Uh, what do you know? What do you got for us? Well, I know that it's part of the process. Uh, I know it, it's tough to deal with, and I know that it makes things difficult. Um, but what I do know is that uh, whether those guys were healthy or not, it, it doesn't um, cheapen the opponent that they're going up against next weekend. I think that uh, on any given night, any given lineup can beat any other team in the American Hockey League. Um, and I think that uh, the comments are going to have to try to do that against a couple of really good teams on Wednesday and then uh, this weekend with Syracuse and Toronto. 
respectively. Um, as far as providing updates to those guys, you know, obviously that's going to have to wait until Trent Call gets in front of the media, which will be tomorrow. Um, and so there'll be a better idea to, to understand exactly where those guys stand and who might be available uh, in the coming days and weeks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a, another reason why that one felt like a playoff game. You know, every inch was contested. Um, and, and unfortunately, when, when you get to a contested game like that, guys are going to get banged up. And, um, you know, the Wasty Hamilton one, you hate to see that. He caught a puck up high on a shot. It was, you know, 25 seconds into the game. Like, it, it just – those are the worst um, – and and I sure hope that uh, it's a speedy recovery for him. I know he caught it up high, and um, you know, and and so it, it's just it's unfortunate luck. So um, we say it all the time, and, and we can't really avoid it this time around either. Next man up, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. You know, Friday and Saturday, it just seemed to me that Laval's Riley Barber was everywhere, and uh, Alex Belzeal wasn't even playing. Uh, but holy cow, number one star in the building on uh, a Friday night. And uh, six shots on goal uh, Saturday. Uh, talk a little bit about Riley Barber and the challenges that he uh, brought to the table. Yeah, I mean, he played with a lot of speed. He was fast. He was hard for uh, guys to keep up with, and he's got a good shot. So he, uh, you know, he, he puts together a, a lot of tools to be a effective hockey player in the American Hockey League, and I think that's exactly what he is. So, um, you know, sometimes you, you – you know, you know, and he hadn't been particularly productive uh, in the early parts of the season. But you have to know his reputation as being a solid hockey player. You know, he's not not a new guy to the AHL. So, um, you know, he he had a solid weekend as as good players are uh, apt to do, and and so he was sort of a, a thorn in the side all weekend. But again, uh, I think the underlying theme here is guys are are probably pretty satisfied with going in, and obviously four points would have been ideal, but taking two on that weekend trip. Um, you know, especially in that Saturday game, that, that 3 o'clock game after playing a 7.30 game the night before, you deal with the delay of the teddy bear toss, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that was, uh, that was a pretty gutsy win. I liked it. I just, I'm just looking forward to watching the full Comets in cars getting coffee with Joe Roberts and Mikey DiPietro so we can hear a little bit more about the Grinch who shuts out teams when he's the opposing goalie in a teddy bear toss game. Joe, I also I love the tic-tac-toe time for tea and rock'em, sock'em, and uh, add a little personality to the games. Thanks, as always, for the time, my friend. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Have a happy you know, Thanksgiving it, as well. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next Monday, if not before then. Antoine uh, Roussel, excuse me, Antoine Roussel. Yeah, we've neglected to mention that. Is on a conditioning assignment. And sorry, I, for some reason, I'm the pronunciation thing because I can't read my own writing. But he's going to be... It's, it's up to, like, three games, I believe, is, is the total on a conditioning assignment. Six days, three games. But so you, we could see him Wednesday and over the weekend in Toronto. Incorporate him and some other guys getting healthy in Vancouver. Well, of course, Tyler Graevac, Zach McEwen, or players down here in Utica. And you're going to see more shuffling one way or another soon enough, let alone be injuries and games or guys actually returning to health and returning to one of the two rosters. We're going to take a break. We've got Corey Hergott from Canucks Army who will join us next on 94.9 K-Rock. Now back to two guys who have spent more than a little time in the sin bin. Here's Rayman and Scoop on Comets Insider. It's brought to you by IBW, Local Union 43, Hoppy Hill Farms, and Pathfinder Bank. Comets Insider live every Monday night, 7 p.m. from the 72 Tavern and Grill outside the Adirondack Bank Center. It's good to talk 
about a win. Uh, that's only the third we've had all November. Uh, let's try to get three more this week, please. Yeah. And, and close out the month a little better than how it's gone so far. Or you take uh, two out of three and you call it a week. I mean, that's not bad, too, right? If you get two out of every three, you're in a good clip for the rest of the season. I, I still want to win all three of them. Me, too. Here. I know. I well, know. actually, we got two. I mean, the first one is Sunday, December 1st, so it really won't count for the November record. But uh, joining us now from Canucks Army is Corey Hergott. And, uh, Corey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us tonight. There he is. Always hot. Yeah, yeah, here I am. There he is. So, uh, Corey, we got Antoine Roussel today. Tell uh, Comets fans uh, a little bit about Antoine, who, who, Comets fans who may not be familiar with him. Uh, I'll start you off by talking about the injury earlier in uh, 2019. I believe it was March playing against the Rangers, and uh, it just it was a goal. Uh, I think Tyler Mott sc- scored a goal, and on that play, uh, Antoine kind of goes headfirst into uh, Brendan Lemieux, a falls funny, and there's a knee injury, kind of scary looking. He was down for a while, uh, and so there wasn't much of a goal celebration there in that game with the Rangers. But tell us a little bit about Antoine and how uh, you guys like him in Vancouver. Well, he's affectionately known as the rooster. Um, he's a feisty player. He's not afraid to get uh, get his nose dirty. Uh, he's clicked pretty well in Vancouver uh, with Bo Horvat at times. He can bring an offensive game when he needs to, but he, uh, he generally plays a pretty abrasive game. He skates really well, so I'm kind of really looking forward to see who he lines up with in, uh, in Utica. I kind of had this vision of him lining up with Francis Perron and uh, Vinny Arsenault for like a French connection sort of a line there. I think they could have some fun if, if uh, Vinny's good to go. I've heard him described as a bit of an agitator. Would you say that's a fair assessment of his game? Yeah, he, uh, like I said, he likes to get his nose dirty. He's not afraid to, uh, to pull out a few antics out on the ice as well. So, I mean, I don't know how much of that we're going to see uh, if he, when he's down with Utica. I think he's probably going to want to be making sure he's able to, uh, you know, play and, and uh, you know, pivot and move as, move as well on the ice at speed as he's going to need to when he gets back up to Vancouver. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that we'll see some of that side of his game, the agitator side. Uh, the antagonistic side, if I'm not sure I even said that word right. Um, But he is all kinds of fun to watch, for sure. I want you to know, Corey, that our radio studio down here is jealous of the TSN studio that you planted your butt in the other day. It was nice to see you getting in there and hanging with those boys, talking, well, about the comments that you think. Yeah, that was kind of nice. Um, I went there to speak. Uh, it was mostly mostly to do with uh, speaking about my friend, uh, our friend Ian Cooper, who passed away recently. Uh, the, the fellas brought me in to talk about him. But uh, it was uh, it was definitely nice to. That was my first time in a in a studio. I've done a few of these things over over the phone, as you guys know. But uh, it was a neat experience to uh, to see how things are done, kind of behind the scenes there, for sure. Philosophically, Corey, where would you like to see the Comets' defense be? Where you've got def- where you've got defenders who are joining the rush, uh, helping out offensively, which seems to be a trend, you know, league wide, and that Vancouver wants that as well. Or do you prefer to have 
at least one guy out there who is, uh, you know, minding the shop and making sure that the, the goaltender isn't hung out to dry. Well, I think if the, if the team wants to play this up-tempo game that they, that they keep saying they want to play in Utica and in Vancouver, then I think they're going to need to have the personnel on the back end who can join the rush. Now, I think if you're playing that style of hockey, you need to have uh, not just one guy that's kind of minding the fork back there. I think that's got to be a team mentality where, hey, uh, Josh Tevez has jumped up into this play. Somebody better hang back there to, uh, to cover him, you know, that sort of a thing. And I think so far, you know, the team, for the most part, has done a pretty decent job of that. I mean, we've seen them, you know, they've been burned a few times, but it's, we also have to remember it's, it's not the most experienced uh, group back there on the blue line in Utica. So we're going to see those kind of warts show up in, in games once in a while. But I, I do really like a lot of, of what's going on back there. We're seeing these guys with the young legs who can skate really well, and they're bringing pucks out of their own quickly. They're they're moving the puck with those stretch passes this year a lot more frequently than we saw uh, in previous seasons, at least to my to my eye anyway. And I think that's that's the way this whole organization wants to play from top to bottom. Corey, I think we're just about up to our our last break of the night here on Utica Comets Insider, but. Real quick, give me 30-second synopsis from Wednesday, which was sloppy, Friday, which was a little bit better, and then clearly the best performance of the last three games or the last week by the Utica Comets was with the Gold Dobin hat trick in the win on Saturday. Uh, what are a couple of the positives that you saw overall with this team as they look forward to Wednesday's game and in that weekend in Toronto? Well, I mean, Mikey DiPietro was ridiculous uh, in, in, his, uh, in his game there. That was a big, big win. Uh, I, I wouldn't have wanted to see the team come out of that weekend without uh, at least one win. So that was big for him. Uh, seeing the, how well Nikolai Goldobin is playing away from the puck, uh, that's a huge plus for me. Uh, his last two, three, four games have been much, much better on that side of things. And I think that's going to push him right to the top of that call-up list to get him back to Vancouver. So those are two big pluses for me in the last couple of games. Francis Perron as well. I think he's been uh, been really stepping up in, in the absence of the guys who've been called up. Not to mention, we threw some love out to Jonah Gadjevich and Carter Camper returning from injuries and contributing almost right away. That is Corey Hergott from Canucks Army. You can read his pre- and post-game and his contributions with us every Monday at this time. 7.45 as we are at the 72 Tavern for Utica Comets Insider every Monday from 7 to 8 with 94.9 K-Rock. Last word, Scoop. Go Comets!